You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Off-season continues. Brought you a special guest today, Ryan Leslie. I mean, hey, you've, you've mentioned this a lot. Um, him and Elliot are your go-to, unless these guys say it's happening. Uh, it's, you know, it's not it's not done yet. And I even, I don't think we brought this up, but there was even one time somebody was throwing out there something and Leslie's just like, nope, one tweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like, okay, obviously that's, that's a fucking, you know, dead in the water rumor. But um, anything else you want to touch on, Leslie, before we start the, uh, the interview? No, just always like a really, like you were talking to him at the end there about how good he is with the players. It's so true, right? Like you com- compare all those interviews over the years, like whether it's, you know, Monahan's Joe Boo interview or Johnny Gaudreau's <laughs> game, like so many good moments, you know? Yeah. He's just really good with the players. He doesn't bullshit them, He's but he's with them because he's a nice guy and he's normal. And he, like, even the fact he gets guys on his Instagram, like, I remember after, during the whole <coughs> freak out of Goudreau and Kachuk leaving, and we were all like, what the fuck, man? He had them on his Instagram and did, like, a little live with them, and it was, like, gave everybody closure. It was like, yeah. you know, he's in touch with the fan base. He's in touch with the players. Um Probably the best media guy. He's the best media guy in Calgary. It's not even close. Yeah, I agree. When you're watching the broadcast and and he's on there, it's always, you know, you know it's going to be one of the better broadcasts. All right, without any further ado, here's the interview with Ryan Leslie. All right, man. So you drop, when you drop an eyeball on Twitter, like the eyeball emoji on Twitter, do you just like chill? Do you just like, grab a drink, relax, or do you love watching everything? You love watching Twitter burn and just go crazy. Well, I think it's, I think it's a fun thing. It's a fun little exercise. I'm not sure where the negativity or the frustration comes because if I'm putting it out there, boys, something's going to happen. I'm not just doing it for fun. That's right. Uh, But some people, some of the reactions like, you can't do this to me. (laughs) No, 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 no. Just buckle up. Something's coming, (laughs) you know? Yeah, something's no. happening. So yeah, it was funny though because the last one we did with the Uberdo extension, I was just getting ready to uh, take off from Ontario back to Calgary. I was with my daughters, and I said to my youngest daughter, "I said, putting this out here now, we got to shut the phone off. Wait till we see what happens by the time we land." And sure enough, we looked at it, and we just looked at each other and had a good laugh because uh, uh, Flames Twitter, which is awesome by the way, and they're you know it's such a a neat little. Uh, a little thing that happens uh, with, with me and some, some flames fans. It's, it's great, but yeah, it went off and as I thought it might, and uh, we had a good chuckle about it. And, um, and now 
People are just throwing that eye roll or eyeball emoji all over the place. I, <laughs> Freaking Kachuk casually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I gave him an earful. Um, and uh, yeah, people are just throwing that thing around like uh, like it's a casual tool. But uh, it's funny when uh, Sure Living, when I put that out, he would tell me afterwards that his phone started blowing up. <laughs> and uh, and so too did uh, the Flames VP of Communications, Peter Hanlon. Um, he said his phone blew up. And so Tree is sitting there and his phone's blowing up about Leslie putting out this eyeball. Uh, and he goes, what is this thing? And somebody's <laughs> like, Did, what's with the, the emoji or whatever? And Tree, Tree doesn't know what any of this stuff is. So he really? yells to Peter, Peter. What's this M joy I keep hearing about? <laughs> and uh, Peter's like, emoji? I mean, maybe we're just saying it wrong. I don't know, but M joy, we got a kick out of that. So we had a good laugh about all of that. But it certainly added a little bit more work to their plate. But uh, they weren't overly happy with me. But in the end, they get it. And they, uh, they had a laugh about it all, you know, afterwards, especially when you, you know, when it was a done deal. And I just happened to know that it was coming and, they're like, what the heck is this M joy all about? So it's just a nice way to sort of say, I know Absolutely something's man. coming without really giving everything away. So it's, yeah. it's just for fun. It's great. Well, that's a great story. And uh, I think you, Elliot gave you credit after the fact. So that's cool. Um, when you're like, what does that look like for you? I know, obviously everybody knows you're, you're really close with the players in the organization. Um so are you an insider? Is that, is it safe to say or, or no, Hey, I don't believe in these labels, boys. I'm just, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Sometimes, uh, sometimes things, uh, land in your lap and, uh, or sometimes you gotta dig around. Like when I, when I, uh, broke the Giordano news, um, that he had been uh, moved to Toronto, that was one where I, you know, I just, I talked to the player and, uh, you know, we've been together, Gio and I a long time and and he uh he just told me after he goes I figure I owed you one you know he played junior back in my hometown and I've been with him since oh geez right almost from the beginning and you know I've been with him you know when you look at uh he was up for the Mark Messier I was with him when he won the Espy mm -hmm. went with him when he won the Norris and celebrated those two uh, beautiful victories with him and it, you know that was just one where um, we just thought we got talking and then he let me know it was coming down. So that was just a, a little, how you do I, you know what, to be honest, when it comes to major news around the league, I don't usually wade into those waters. There's not a lot of upside, but uh, I'm privy. To, I'm very fortunate and very privy to a lot of uh, things that are going on before they're happening. Um, but it's just not always my place to, to uh, rattle those walls, if you will. And uh so I'm, I'm lucky, but every now and then I like to at least, you know, you still got to show a little bit of your worth every now and then. And so sometimes you'll, you'll drop some information that Flames fans like. So yeah, we'll usually, you usually drop the stuff we like. That's like encouraging yeah. to our, me our mental health. It's like Chris Tanner yeah. returns from the dead and we get this eyeball, which was great. <laughs> One guy I didn't want to ask. Although it you. does blow up for, you know, sometimes oh, I get yeah. tree really mad uh, when I, in the in the bubble when uh, Matthew wouldn't return all right um i think it was his second or third game that he wasn't going to uh, play and i had it that uh i knew that he wasn't going to be in the lineup and i put that out there 
tree, you know, I put it out maybe an hour before the game, maybe half an hour before warm up. I can't remember. And, and, uh, and he wasn't pleased with me. So uh, <laughs> sometimes it, uh, you know, and same with Elliot, Elliot gets some, I mean, much more than me, but he gets uh, a lot of uh, flack sometimes because he's got the information. And I'll tell you, he's, you know, I was working with him pretty good on the, um, on the cadre deal. And, uh, well, I should say he was kind of keeping me posted on some of the things he was hearing. And I knew that this deal was happening. Uh, I'd known about it for a week prior or so. And I listened to Elliot say, I think I've got it. I said, Oh really? What do you think you got? He goes, I think I've got cadre. And he, pardon me, he knew all of the inner workings of not only that deal, but uh, the Monaghan deal and what, how some things had gone sideways originally. And, so he was on it like a dog on a bone. And I knew all of the details that he was saying to be accurate. Even he wasn't sure just how spot on he was, but he was bang on. That guy is really, really good. Yeah, he doesn't sleep, doesn't eat. No, it's crazy. Just sits crazy. in a chamber and takes in news through like a feed, feeding tube. One guy I did yeah. want to ask you about, have you, have you talked to Monhan at all? Um, no, I'm... I haven't actually. I, I haven't, you know, I shot him a text and, and, uh, you know, obviously life's busy, but no, I haven't talked to him. And, uh, I did go, I did hear from Matthew the other day, but not Monaghan. And, uh, I, you know, obviously there's a guy that, uh, just gave you everything he had and he never complained and, you know, he's fairly easy to deal with. I mean, I kind of got to know him personally as well over the years and, and got to sort of know the Monaghan behind the the dryness of it all. I mean, he's outrageously funny and just a pro's pro and a good guy in the room and everybody loved him. And I just hope that uh, this new start is exactly what he needs. You know, I know uh, I'm paraphrasing and, and repeating information secondhand, but I know he was not, you know, he understood the trade and he understood that maybe a change of scenery was going to help him. And, you know, he kind of needs that. And I think yeah. he felt that. And so uh, he's going to get one in Montreal. And I think everybody, is wishing him the best because he was, I mean, for a short time there, right. He gave, gave flames fans a lot of hope and excitement with the ability to just pull the trigger and, and finish. And, uh, you know, he and Johnny had something there for a number of years and you hope uh, he goes to Montreal and finds that kind of thing again. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned you knew everything about the Codger deal. We also knew because there was an Orange Julius rumor going around on Calgary Pucks. So, you know, we're also pretty, you know, but it's it's funny, these rumors, because we spent a lot of time on the podcast when something's happening, these rumors are happening, and then we just don't know, right? Because half the time they lead to nothing. Uh, even though you have these insiders saying stuff, they never end up, up to be true. But that's why a lot of times we say, unless it's coming from Elliot Friedman or Ryan Leslie, and just don't take it too seriously. So yeah, I think that's a good. I mean, I mean, Elliot's going to give you more on that because he can, and that's his job. For me, I have to, I have to get on the plane with this group, so I'm not going to burn too many bridges. But every now and then, I gotta, I've got to, uh, you know, come up with something just to make sure. And usually, I think if I, if I'm putting it out there, it's not, uh, it's not just a gamble. This one question we wanted to ask you was um, you obviously develop a different relationship with these players. When we see you on TV, we can tell the players like you, right? They're having fun with you and whatnot. What, uh, I mean, from a fan's perspective, it's one thing when you hear John Gaudreau wants to move on, Matthew Kachuk wants to move on. We go through the range of emotions. What's it like for you? 
Well, I mean, it's still, you know, it's relationships, obviously. And I'm, you know, the case of Matthew, I'm the same age as his dad. And, you know, I'm pretty close with that family and have been since draft day. I mean, I was lucky. I got, I worked for the organization for five years. So that certainly helped in the trust factor. Uh, you let them have a little dirt on you. You get a little dirt on them. They understand there's a little trust. And, you know, it's uh, it's a relationship where, you know, for me, my approach, I guess, is you can, you know, we're partners, too, as far as Sportsnet and the Flames. And so we're both trying to work together. And the yeah. great thing is, is familiarity. Now, it's been a real tough go, guys, because, you know, with COVID and, uh, and the like, and then just, <clears throat> pardon me, just the aftermath of COVID, there's a chunk of guys that I just haven't had a real opportunity to get to know. I mean, I was with the team maybe 40% of the year last year, and then I was doing games out of Toronto at a studio. And so, you know, when you travel together, that's how you get to know guys and be it dinners or be it laughs or brief interactions in the hotel lobby on your way to dinner, whatever it is um, on the plane, you know, that's where it happens. And, I was lucky when I worked for the organization, went to a number of drafts. And so you're with certain guys from the day their name's called or, you know, like sitting down on a rooftop patio with Andrew Mangiapane after he was drafted with he and his parents. And, you know, you build these relationships over the years and, you know, just really lucky to be in a situation where, you know, the players, their families, uh, management, scouts, um, being around them as much as I have over the last number of years, those things happen. And, and honestly, the best advice I'd give anybody who's getting in the business, um, either on a reporting standpoint or PR or whatever it is, sometimes just having a beer with a guy goes a long way. And yeah. uh, it's about the relationships and and uh, just that rapport uh, as much as anything. So I appreciate you saying that because, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have that. Got to roll up the sleeves, though, because, you know, there's a lot of guys now that uh, – I haven't been as closely around as I would like. And so now, you know, you got to start over with guys like Kadri and, yep. and guys like Uberdo and Uyghur. And, you know, it was tough. Like even it took a little time to get to know even the boys like Markstrom and, and Tana because I, again, wasn't around them when they came over and, you know, Daryl's pretty guarded with certain things and you're not just hanging and we haven't been in the locker room. You got to remember that. Um, and that's so you're sitting at a podium and you come in, you answer a couple of questions and you leave. And so the business itself has really hurt as a result of that. Storytelling has really uh, hurt as a result. You're not getting anything because nobody likes to sit in a podium and wax on in front of an audience and all that. But when you get in that yeah. locker room, guys, and you have that one on one time um, yeah. and it's not just about a win or a loss or some dumb cliche. But unfortunately, with the Zoom and the podium you're really handcuffed and uh, it it really hurt the business and the game and certainly relationships so now we got to go to work and hopefully it's it's back to normal i don't know where it sits um on every front yet nothing is is completely uh clear cut at this point but i'm hopeful that we can get back in that locker room and i know gary bettman really wants that access back uh, I'm not sure as though the league's going to mandate anything just yet. I wish they would because then we'd get back into the room. If it's left up to the head coaches, there's no chance uh, that Daryl will let us back in the room, and that, that'll stink. So I really hope that uh, 
that we do get that access. But in the meantime, yeah, you just try to forge these relationships to kind of, you know, we're making TV on our end. And so you want good TV and whatever it is, uh, if it's funny or if it's insightful um, or entertainment, then, then I'm all in, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have that, uh, that relationship. Yeah. I don't blame you for hating the zoom stuff. I remember in the bubble year, Daryl was giving you a hard time, wasn't he? eh? Didn't he uh, call, there was, there was, there was one, one yeah, I remember he was being yeah, a bit prickly, one, eh? Yeah, he, he, um, you know, he's, he's not a, a big fan of, uh, of that component or that element. Uh, I think away from cameras, he, uh, is much different, but he, uh, he has definitely used the cameras and the media to get messages across to his players through us. Yeah, and sometimes he's not afraid to take shots at us, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's justified for sure. But none of this, you know, you want if you want to fire back at any question, any question can look dumb if the guy doesn't want to play along. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, it's t- I to be honest with you, I don't even I don't even ask the head coach questions because usually you're not you're not really getting anything. So I'm uh, y- y- <laughs> if he doesn't want to play fine. I don't want to play either. And we'll just go into those who do. So uh, the media and, and the NHL have been together since the get go. So let's not pretend it's new. I think, uh, you know, flames fans deserve, you know, access and, and to hear from their team and, and to, to have some good dialogue. So hopefully that continues. Hey, I did want to ask you one more question about Matthew Chuck just quickly. Yeah. You know what? Francis asked you a question. He stole my question. The bastard. Um, but he oh, asked really? you something about Johnny Gaudreau regretting having some regrets. And I was thinking about Kachuk. Like, hmm. do you think at any point in his career, he's going to be looking back and regretting leaving a hockey market like Calgary being the kind of guy he is? I don't think so, but I think it's a very valid question. Here's what I do know. He is going to miss some of the relationships that he had here like really good relationships. And he is also going to miss the Canadian market. He thrived in it. He loved Calgary. He loved, heck, he loved coming to the Saddle Dome. It was like a five minute from his door to the locker room. He loved the, the old barn that is the Saddle Dome. He yeah. loved, and I'm not just saying this, like I know this mm-hmm. to be true. He loved all of it. He loved Calgary. Um, it's a business. He's a young guy, great taxes. It's South beach. He's going to play with guys, a couple of, he knows, but it won't be the same. And he's not, that, that's not lost on him. He knows that, um, you know, he likes the bright lights. He likes, you know, the stage and, uh, and he knows that he's leaving a Canadian market where he was the man. Yep. And now he goes to South beach where it won't register at all, um, but it'll feel good. It'll feel good on payday. He's got a great team. And, uh, you know, you wonder what they can do over the course of his uh, time there. So he he's excited where he is, but he is very mindful of what he left behind. And that'll that'll stay with him. That's for sure. And we were just talking the other day uh, uh, just about you know, the relationship that his dad had with the city and certainly with a bunch of us and, and, you know, and he did too. And he said, and I'm no different, you know, it's the same. And, uh, I, uh, I know he's smart enough to, to know, you know, as you go and chase dreams of winning and, and, uh, and taking care of yourself financially, um, 
what he left behind will not be uh, found probably there. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fans and I guess some outlets are calling this the summer of Brad. It mm-hmm. seem it seems like once that Johnny Gaudreau domino fell, it just sparked something. And um, Brad has, has really made a whole lot of something out of nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Just quickly, like what, What's your take on the subtraction and additions that you've seen this summer? Where do you think this team is? Do you think this team's better or better suited for the playoffs? What do you? What's your overall take? Yeah, on paper, uh, at this point, as we sit here, uh, whatever it is, September eighth, I think, and you know, it, it's a better team on paper right now, um, for my estimation. Yep. Um, you know, I think it's a team that is going to be measured by postseason success, and it should be. Yeah. No more of this, you know, hey, you know, you got in and you got to get in. We heard from Daryl talk about that. You got to get in. And it is hard to get in. It is legitimately hard. And you think about everything that goes into getting two points every night, everybody packing up, everybody traveling, everybody, just every stick that's cut, every glove that's dried, Benny Dumain's running back and forth with equipment from the front from the locker room to uh, the bench, you know, everything that goes into it, late nights, packing up and moving on. So it's really hard to get in. Um, This team is built to get in. And I think this team is built for a playoff berth and some run, but there's a lot of time between now and that point. And you've got a gel, you've got the coach of the year, You've got uh, a goalie, a pretty good blue line. You've got uh, some slotting, most importantly, up the middle. And you've got guys who've been there before. you got Blake Coleman, Milan Lucic. You've got uh, Nazem Kadri. You know, you've got some players who know. And then you've got some warriors like Chris Tanev. And you've got some two-way guys like Elias Lindholm. So, and you've got some hungry guys like uh, Jonathan Uberdo. Like, that guy's hungry. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to see what we get. Now, I can't wait to see what the first month looks like for Kadri and Uberdo and Uyghur under Daryl Sutter. That's going to be an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. That is a lot to process if you've never been that close to uh, to Daryl Sutter. So they're going to learn uh, the way he wants them to play, and they're going to learn fast. And if they, all of them, to a man, I don't care if you've won the Stanley Cup like Nazem just did, Daryl's going to, is going to teach you in a different way. And the sooner these guys buy in conditioning, and I know conditioning won't be an issue conditioning. Um, and the way he wants you to play the, the sooner that the success will come. And most importantly, um, this is a team that's got to find its way gel and figure out who and what they are when it matters most in the postseason. So they've got the pieces, uh, it's now up to Daryl and up to those players to buy in, especially when things do go sideways, as they will throughout the course of the season. I, I remember going back last year to, uh, you know, look at that Florida and Carolina trip. That was a real turning point yeah. from a standpoint of, all right, we got our rear ends handed to us, yeah. dust it off, and let's go back to work. And they did. Yeah. And uh, so now when there's bumps in the rows, guys, it, I mean, I don't know. Fans know it's a long season, but fans don't feel the length of the season quite the same as the players do. And oh, I can yes, tell you just yeah. as a guy who's been on the plane with them, it's hard and long on, you know, the amount of miles and 
And, you know, even from a television standpoint, it's okay, we got to reinvent ourselves. We got to kind of tell these, you're just always on. These players sacrifice so much from a, their body to their travel to that, that mental drain that is playing for a, a demanding head coach. I mean, I can't even imagine. So I give him a lot of credit, but the season is long and it's winding and it's bumpy. So how do you withstand it? Those are the questions. And that's why you play the regular season. And uh, I think this is a team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know what to expect. I mean, geez, I was just talking to Conroy today. We we're looking at the schedule to start the season. And that is one hell of a difficult um, opening month when you look at the strength of the schedule of the opponents, just how dangerous those weapons that are coming into the saddle dome really are. I mean, it's, it's nuts from Colorado to Edmonton to Pittsburgh, you know, Vegas. It's just crazy. So that's a crazy opening month and you want to get off on the right foot or, or uh, yeah, it could be an uncomfortable 30 days plus. Yeah. I mean, for the fans, we're just, you know, when we, when we follow the team, it's just for inter- entertainment. We're not uh, mm. going through the grind with the, with the guys. Uh, okay. Final couple questions and we'll let you go. Um, just let us know, what is it like? Um, help us understand your, your, your kind of not necessarily your role, but maybe something behind the scenes that we don't realize that you're, you know, you're a part of and just, mm getting Ryan Leslie and, and what your role is with the team. And the last question would be, uh, who's a bigger Flames fan, you or Eric Francis? Well, you get the fan beaten out of you years ago. There is no fan. Now it's it's work, right? Um, it's just I'm a fan of making good television. I'm a fan of uh, entertaining hockey. Yep. Um, but I'm not. You know, obviously winning is good business. I'll say that. And you want to cover a team that is successful. Makes life so much easier. So I do wish, I wish me and all of my colleagues that because Gene Principe, who's an absolute gentleman, you know, had uh, those lean years in Edmonton. And he had to come up with story idea after story idea for good TV. And I tip my cap to him. He he did it so that he could uh, continue on and year after year be entertaining. Even if you don't like his shtick, there are those who love it, and he is beloved. And uh, <clears throat> not that there's been a pile of success down here, but on any given night, you you just want you and your colleagues to have good shows, good games, uh, from producers to camera guys and girls to hosts to you know, everything that goes into it, it's no different than maybe the game itself. You just want a good game. You want good entertaining television. So that's, but as far as a fan, you know, I, that's, that's not a thing for, for anybody, especially a guy like Francis, he's going to write good, bad, and otherwise a guy like myself. I just want, I just want good TV. And uh, what was the other question you did about uh, behind the scenes? Jeez, I don't know. I, you know, just trying to come up with some creative different ideas to approach a long season and uh you know you kind of look at where what the matchup is is it calgary and anaheim you kind of tailor make that and i don't know just some i don't know if this is really answering it but just the idea of taking some creative onus upon yourself to to kind of do things and thankfully they let us do it 
I don't know, behind the scenes, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I do talk with, uh, with a lot of people in and around the organization and you have a better understanding that way of how things truly work. Um, Cause when you're an anchor, like I used to be and you're in Toronto, you think, you know, well, I'm the anchor. I know what I'm talking. Yeah. You don't know until you really see behind the curtain. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate over the years to see how the inner workings of a national hockey league organization truly work. And uh, very lucky to have the relationships and the insight that I've had. So behind the scenes stuff, a lot of what I know is, is something I don't go public with, but just having that knowledge allows you to avoid um, looking foolish, making a mistake or saying something that might, uh, you know, again, we're partners. So it's, uh, it's not like I'm there to, uncover something bad i'm there to sort of talk about i I, i'm really one of these guys gentlemen who wants to focus on the good in the game i think there's been enough said about the bad about either hockey or society i I just i'm a big believer that when you guys turn on the tv you want to get away from all that it actually is now let's just get back to the game we've all got an opinion on you know everything that's going on in the world and certainly in the game and all that stuff but chances are you've had that discussion so when you tune in to us i hope that we're still bringing you the game positive stories about what's actually because there is a lot of positive stuff going on in the game and i i kind of bristle when i hear change hockey culture because i don't know if it's a hockey culture thing i think that the issues are societal that we're seeing right now and i just i really believe that we got to spend more time talking about the good um, because i don't think there is enough talk these days about positivity in the game and i just hope that when people tune in and turn on the game they're going to be mildly or if not wholeheartedly entertained by the product on the ice and hopefully the broadcast we're giving them so we have a lot of conversations about that to try and to try and do it and just tell unique stories, you know, either through the access or through the relationships we have. So, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky uh, to have a great working relationship with the flames and they don't get enough credit. We have a great thing going with their PR team, their management team, and, and certainly the team itself. So that's just the biggest thing behind the scenes. You just continue to foster that and hopefully it translates on screen. Cool. I mean, we obviously we we love when you're on the broadcast, and well, we thanks. appreciate we appreciate the work you do, and we we appreciate the small fine details like that rapport you build with the players. It translates into the television. It helps us get a glimpse into you know more more of the player personality. Because um, on the flip side, if it's just too serious, you don't you don't get that. And so that's one thing you know when we see you interact with the with the players we get to see a little bit more than we usually do. So we, yeah. appreciate, we appreciate that. We appreciate your approach and appreciate your time coming on today. Well, thanks guys. Uh, and thanks for the kind words and uh, looking forward to what, what should be a really exciting, maybe that nervous energy for flames fans right now, about what have we got? Yeah. And I think uh, we're going to try and tell some stories about what they've got and, and certainly uh, looking forward to this season and getting it going. Although I must admit saying goodbye to summer is always tough, but, Sort of feels like now, okay, party's over. Time to get back to work. And and the great thing is about this year is there's some good stories. There's some good people. It's a good-looking team that uh, that I think is going to be really compelling. And you talked earlier about this summer of Brad. And 
put that tweet about a tweet out about him, much like the Mets uh, closer coming in. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I played that, I sent that to him and he just howled and, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, he loves it, but it, you know, he's been working so hard and I'm glad that the league has caught the attention after being dealt a really crappy hand, losing two, you know, all world players. And, you know, what he said to me, he just said, uh, no matter what, we're never, after we're never screwed we can always dust ourselves off and get back in that fight and that's what he did and uh no matter what you're never out of it so he kind of proved that at least to go out and replace two key pieces he brought in three and uh and he's just never really done so i think flames fans really appreciate the work he's done and i think uh i think they're gonna let him know uh, during that season opener, that's for sure. Beauty, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Really appreciate your time. Okay, boys. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. great. I just got chill. You're telling me Brad says we're never fucked. Oh, man. I just gained a whole new level of respect for Bradley. Whew. Yeah, he's no. uh, he's he's the real deal. He's the goods, man. He's uh, <laughs> he's a pro and he's uh, and he, he's relentless. Yeah, we're stoked. I think you're right. Uh, opening day is going to be exciting. Yeah, can't wait. All right, thanks, man. Peace, buddy. Appreciate okay, it. Enjoy. Hey, folks. Support for the Hockey Podcast Network comes from DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook this summer. They have a promo going on where new customers can get a risk-free bet up to 1000 bucks. So you can make your first bet up to 1000 bucks, and if you don't win, you get another shot to cash in. So you can throw it out on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, everything. Parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders. I will pretend I know what any of those things are. But if you do know what those things are, there's tons of betting options for you. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That promo code is THPN. Only DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. There you have it, folks. Ryan Leslie, uh, certified beauty. I actually met this guy um, in in person. That's how we originally got him on the first time. This is the second time he's been on the show. I uh, was walk. I used to live in Confederation Park in Calgary. I was out for a walk one night. This was right when COVID first started, mm-hmm. and I'm walking around I'm like. I think it looks familiar. I go up. It's like, it's like Ryan Leslie. I'm like, Ryan turned around. Sure enough, it's him. I was so excited to, to meet him. I went to shake his hand. He's like, Whoa, whoa it's COVID bro. No, no handshaking. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot. Um, but then obviously I asked him on the podcast, he came on and he was kindly enough to come on again, obviously in a way different situation. Uh, the, the team looks completely different. And hey, listen, I agree. And I think everybody's in the same boat. On paper, yeah, we're better. Are we excited? Yeah, we are. But until the results come through, because you got to put in the work, it's not just going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is no guarantee. Tree Living is saying the same thing. We don't know. Yes, we're set up to repeat our regular season success and go beyond that. But until it happens, you just, there's no guarantee. No, no. And I mean, Daryl was on the radio yesterday talking about how like there's so much, you know, there's a lot to build on from last year, but there's still a lot to work like seven new guys and you lost 80 goals. So there's a lot to work on. 
Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's uh, that's going to do it for today. A little bit of a shorter one, but we got some meat there with uh, Ryan Leslie. Hope you guys enjoyed. Guys and girls enjoyed the, the interview. We'll see you on the next one. Cushion. Cushion is a pillow with feathers, right? This episode was not brought to you by Boston Pizza, so pick up the phone and order your extra-large Hawaiian today, just the way Brad likes it.